It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, April 13th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that figured we might lose to the cast, but 9-2, to two. oof. It was a slobber knocker. That is a good word. I like it. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi out there. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with my partner in crime, Russ Cohen. He is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at LockdownFlyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. We are doing a mailbag on tomorrow's show. So get those questions in first thing this morning as we're recording that pretty early. On today's show, we are going to have to talk about that game last night against Mm. the Washington Capitals. It was brutal. Uh, But we do have some stuff that I think we can take away from it moving forward. So we're going to try and focus on that a little bit. Uh, We've got a Flyers Rangers preview for tonight. And then our prospect uh, profile we're doing today is Isaac Howard, who is draft eligible this year. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, Russ. So I think it's pretty safe to say that defensive breakdowns is what did the Flyers in, oh, my in this goodness. one. <laughs> like, basically, it was like the Caps were like, hey, we're just going to go to the net because we see that you're not capable of keeping us out of the crease or stopping a pass going to the net. And they they just piled it on, man. And we, we talked about how much they would use Ovechkin in this game. We talked about how they would try and pile it up. I wasn't shocked that they were going to score as many as they could score. There's no love lost between these two franchises. No, and I think, you know, pretty much everybody on the blue line for the Flyers made some tragic error in this game, except for maybe Travis Sanheim. Yeah, that may be true. I think he kind of got away with one in this game a little bit. I mean, obviously, it's a team sport. Everybody contributes. But I believe he was, uh, according to Micah McCurdy, who does really good mm-hmm. uh, stat visualizations, he said there was only four flyers that were not on the ice for a goal in <laughs> the course of this game. And Travis Sandheim was one of them. Figures Micah would point that out. Um, yeah. I, I, I had him on shows. He's great. Um Interesting thing about this. So, I, you know, I voted today for the Masterton and, and the Yannick Dupree Award. So I think that is a really good sign that, you know, and that's been a theme for this season that no matter what else is going on there, Travis Sanheim has, you know, made some really strong progress in his yes. game this season. And, you know, the things that he's done well, he's continuing to excel at no matter what is going on around him. And so I think that's a good thing. But looking at everybody else, uh, you know, Cam York made a pretty big mistake on the first goal, I thought, and then Ronnie Adder got caught pretty badly on the the goal that made it 3-1. And then there was a complete breakdown on the Connor Sherry goal (laughs) in the second that made it five to one where there was literally nobody in front of the net. Like everybody was at least 
you know, in the slot or higher, which was, uh, it, it was unbelievable. That was when the avalanche started on them. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, mm-hmm. it was just going to get worse. You could tell it was going to get worse. You just knew it was going to get worse. Yeah, it, it was just, I don't know, an avalanche of despair. Is what I, I just, you know, it. I just, I, I, there was the moment where you did find it funny that uh, Leah Hextall said that um, when the Flyers bench was um, saying, why are you putting Ovechkin out there? Don't put him out there. You know, you're just trying to pile it on. And Tom Wilson's like, but how's he supposed to catch Gretzky? That's funny. I, I, any day of the week, Leah Hextall is the one who told us that that is funny. But it's a little weird that the Flyers would actually take that tact. Like, you know what? You knew that this was going to happen. The only way it wasn't going to happen is if you took care of business. And they didn't. So they had nothing to talk about. Yeah, I mean, and this is it's not just the Flyers that this happens to. You know, it no. gets frustrated. It's It gets a little chippy. People want to start a fight. And so I think Joel Faraby and Travis Konechny are the guys that are, are going to do it, right? Because Zach McEwen's not in this game. So right. these are the other two guys that are going to step up in these situations. The only bad thing about Faraby doing it is he already has a bad hand. And yeah. that could really turn into something worse. And that's, that's where you have to almost not do it simply because of that. But he doesn't think about that because he's all heart. I get it. But you got to use your head sometimes. Well, speaking of Hart uh, and Cam Atkinson, both of them wound up leaving the game. Um, We knew that both of them were banged up a little bit coming into it, but Atkinson got rocked by Tom Wilson along the boards. I think that also added to the frustration in this game uh, that led to, you know, emotions overflowing here. And uh, yeah, Hart, you could absolutely tell he just wasn't with it in, in this game so no the Ovechkin was, goal like the way he you know banked it off him he would normally have that fine he would now now we have to ask the question because I've been holding back on this one I know I don't hold back on a lot but Carter Hart shouldn't play anymore this year we knew he was banged up two weeks ago right like this should be it like this should be the warning sign like okay we got to shut him down because we can't have him hurt for next year I agree. And I think that, th- and this is not my logic, this is what I think the Flyers' logic is, is that they really feel like they need to keep Felix Sandstrom down in Lehigh Valley for this mythical playoff quest that isn't going to happen. But yet at the same time, he's really like their number one goalie and he's playing well. So they feel like they need to leave him there for that purpose and they can't call him up, at least at the moment. But it, I think after this weekend, they have to do it. Yeah, they have to do it. And look, again, we talked about it. If they really were going to load up on this mythical run, they could have sent more help down. Uh, it's not like Noah Cates has to finish out the season with the Flyers. He could have helped try to help the Phantoms. It's same, you know, even with Adder mm-hmm. now, you could still send him down if you wanted to and try and tilt the odds in these games. But they're, they don't seem to have an appetite for that. So... It is weird that, like you said, they're going to keep Sandstrom in that. But again, you could you you know you could put Pat Nagel as the backup to Martin Jones. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Martin Jones plays the rest of the year. It doesn't matter. But you know you don't want Carter Hart to get some sort of sustain some sort of injury that you weren't expecting that could linger. 
That is absolutely true. I agree with you 100% on that front. They should do something about it sooner rather than later. I do want to get to Bobby Brink and his NHL debut. Very important. Glad he got a point on Mm -hmm. that power play goal. And I think on the power play in this game is where you saw the best of Bobby Brink and what he can bring to the Flyers, where he really stood out in terms of, you know, quick, decisive passing. Mm-hmm. And um, he took a couple of shots. And I think that you could see glimmers of what he could do in this game. I wouldn't say he had a, you know, a great complete game, but you saw really good moments from him. Right. You saw some flashes and the, and even in the third period, uh, he had a nice setup play for Hayes. When he gets into the offensive zone with the puck, he can be dangerous, like I had talked about. So, no, you, you could see those things are there. And, and that's that's a big positive. So we have to face the Rangers tonight. And they're so going to be angry. They are going to be quite angry and uh, not want to give one up to the Flyers. So I just hope that the Flyers can stay angry because this was embarrassing and they should not and and hopefully will not be embarrassed two nights in a row. And, uh, you know, I think that's what we got to hope for. That's the tact you hope the coach takes in the locker room and even with the media. But I don't know, Willie. I don't know. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts back on the time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in about 30 minutes or less. Plus, they've got quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes, low prep, and easy cleanup options, and provide an even faster route to putting food on your table. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, fit and wholesome, family-friendly, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. I love using HelloFresh because you always get something that tastes incredible and is just the right amount of food for two people, or sometimes I've got a meal for myself and leftovers the next day. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the code LockedOn16, that's all one word, for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and the code LockedOn16. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Russ. So we got another game coming up tonight. Of course, second half of this back to back. We are facing the New York Rangers. And we saw the Rangers pretty recently on April 3rd, if we recall. That's where Mm -hmm. the Flyers finally won a shootout game this season, getting (laughs) the first shootout goal. It felt good at the time. I think in retrospect, uh, I think the lack of shootout wins overall and letting games get to shootouts is a bigger issue for the Flyers, but it was a win nonetheless, and it did feel good against the division rival. A win is a win is a win, and it was like they overcame something. And yeah, any kind of time you beat a division rival, it's good, no matter what. It is. Now, since then, the Rangers have gone on to beat the Devils. They shut out the Pens. 
who were in a bit of a tailspin, I think, and uh, came out of it. But now they got the Malkin suspension. But I digress. Then yeah. the Rangers beat Ottawa 5-1, to one, which was their playoff clinching win, which hurts to say so much, so much. And I think, at least for me, I will fully admit, and I've said this before on the show, that I think the Rangers are the team I was the most wrong about this season in the NHL that I just did not think that Shesterkin would have enough of a season like he's been having to carry them to this point where now the rest of what the Rangers can do is kind of clicking at a much better way than it was, I would say, before trade deadline. Yeah, I had a good feeling about Shesterkin because I kind of go back to when he was but enough playing that he in the would World carry Juniors. this team like this? Yeah, because he carried them last year to a certain degree, too. He did. Um, plus, they have Georgiev, who, you know, again, that's a big advantage when you have a guy like that who really has a top goalie mentality most of the time when he comes in there and can win some big games, too. I, I felt like that was a big deal, but I didn't know what was going to happen at the deadline, and at the deadline, they filled every right void. And so now... They went from, in my mind, being a team that could go maybe to two rounds of the playoffs to to the conference final. Like, that's that's where I think they, they could go now. It's not an unrealistic thought, Russ. I think that you're right. They improved in all the places they needed to. Um, I hope Justin Braun is having a good time. Well, he's starting to play at least, and they're playing yeah. him on the left side, so that's good. It is good. And if you look at even their underlying metrics, uh, most importantly, those defensive metrics, uh, which had been their biggest problem all season long, their shot suppression is much better. Uh, Getting high danger scoring chances against them is much, much harder. I think they went from bottom six or eight in the league overall to like now they're second in the league since the trade deadline on some of their defensive metrics. So they absolutely did make those improvements that they needed to. And so I I think it's going to be an interesting game between these two teams because I think you have quite a number of these young kids on the flyers who just want to have a, a shooting gallery, right. And prove mm-hmm. their worth and, and make an impact against a team that has really improved defensively. So I just wonder how that is going to come together in this game. It'll be interesting. Cause you know, Keandre Miller, who could have been a flyer, by the way, uh, biggest, uh, biggest thing that upsets me about he, the recent drafting. He's, he's really developed this year really, really well. Like, Again, we all have to remember he started as a forward and he was a late he was late playing the position of defense. And I remember interviewing him when he was with the NTDP and I just saw the size and the speed and the raw ability. And now he's he's putting it together. He's figuring out how to be a really good defenseman too. That's helped him bringing up um, rookie Braden Schneider has been helping them because he is very physical, but he's also good with mm-hmm. the puck and good offensively. So he's going to try and take off a few heads in that Flyers game because that's just what he does. He doesn't know how to do anything else besides being good offensively. And you got Adam Fox, who is Adam Fox. So of course. they they actually, with Braun there now, um, he was a really good compliment to fill in there. I, you know, Nemeth, who knows what happens with him, if he plays or not. He's a detriment for them. But their defense overall is better. Uh, I could see... Capocacco uh, being back at that point, and maybe even Rooney, Kevin Rooney. And Rooney is, is a big deal for them as far as penalty killing and fourth line. So they beat them the last time, but not with those guys in there. Uh, 
it's a little, it's going to be a tough game. It's always going to be a tough game anyhow. Rangers-Flyers is always going to be a tough game. Yeah. But you just, you have to wonder where are the Flyers' heads at as far as playing in a potential very physical game at this point in the season where the Rangers are doing it. They're going into the playoffs. They know it. Are the Flyers up to the task? That's the question I would ask. Well, the other thing, too, is that even though the Rangers have clinched that playoff position, right now they're neck and neck with the Canes in terms of getting the division championship, right? Right. And if the playoffs were to start now, as it currently stands, with the Rangers in the second spot, you know, as we're recording this, they would have to face the Penguins in the first round, which I think for them is a good matchup. Because they've it won is. this season series. The Pens are kind of, I mean, the Pens always seem to get it together for the playoffs pretty well. But at the same time, they're in a pretty precarious position right now. And I think with the way this Rangers team has been playing, could be you know right for the picking. And so for them to kind of have this desire to win the division outright, which would be a good thing. And, and I think... You know, they could win the first round no matter who they're playing. But I think the Pens would actually be a pretty solid opponent for them. No, I agree with that. But it seems like Gallant's going full steam ahead now. So what I would wonder in this is, even though the Rangers don't get as advantageous of a matchup if they were to win the division, uh, what what happens with Carolina in that? Does that sort of damage their um psyche a little bit? Because, you know, Brindamore has built them up with all this confidence and they had first place most of the year. I don't think any of us foresaw the Rangers possibly winning this division. I picked Carolina to win it. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But this is so this is a game that's going to matter. And this yes. is a great litmus test for the Flyers and especially their young players because they're going to get an idea of playoff intensity in this game. And that's good for them. It is. And, you know, the Rangers played last night as well. So it's both teams coming off a back-to-back. Yeah. So I, I think the scales are even on that front. And I, I do think that there's some prime opportunity for the Flyers to show what they can do against a team like this. But uh, they're going to have to play their own game individually while actually having a system together to beat this kind of team. And that's something that the Flyers are not good at right now. And I think that's one of the biggest part of this challenge. Yeah, and they're likely to face Georgiev, who's, again, no walk in the park. So that's something where, yeah, they've got to be mentally ready. They just have to be mentally ready to trade the physicality while not making mistakes and trying to be opportunistic. Like, I think that's the big thing. I know, um, I think it was Olivia that did an article on Owen Tippett in the Inquirer, and I just saw the headline, and it was just talking about how um, he's, you know, trying to carve out a spot. This is a good game to try and carve out a spot because they're probably going to try and take his head off. And so, you know, yeah. we'll see how that goes for him. This is going to be a, a challenge for him. Absolutely. I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun game no matter what. And that, again, it's another opportunity to see what our young guys can do. And uh, I think it should be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, I think the fans will be into it. And if, if the stands are not full because of Flyers fans, Rangers fans will travel for this one. They always do. All right, we are going to switch gears and talk about our draft prospect of this week, who is Isaac Howard. Cannot wait to talk about him. Coming up next. 
We've been talking about Built Bar for a long time on the show, and by now you know how much we love them. But Built has more than protein bars. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy, cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. All Built Bars, including those Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high carb, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. They have so many delicious flavors like mint brownie, raspberry, and cherry barcia. New for this month, caramel almond delight. New flavors coming are coming out all the time. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, so this week's prospect profile is about Isaac Howard, who is on the U.S. National Team Development Program squad in the USHL. He's a left wing. I wouldn't say he's small, but he's on the smaller side of center uh, at 5'10". And last year, he skated on the U17 team for part of the season, the U18 team for part of the season. Extremely successful. Uh, He had in... Uh, 34 games with the U-17 team, 17 with the U-18 team, 73 points, 32 goals, 41 assists. Prolific scorer here. He is currently the top scorer on the U-18 team for the National Team Development Program. A very nice 69 points as of recording Mm -hmm. and uh, 52 games played, 25 goals, 44 assists. And uh, it's interesting because he has slightly fewer points per game than Logan Cooley, who we've talked about Mm -hmm. on the show, but uh, he is number two on the team on that stat. So uh, again, these numbers are real and he's absolutely known as a shooter, really good puck management, and he's committed to Minnesota Duluth for this fall. So that's not too shabby. And to me, he's one of these guys that in the conversation about this upcoming draft, we've not heard a lot about, I think, relative to some of the other guys in this batch of players in this tier we're looking at. Um, And he's, for some reason, despite having this prolific scoring for the team, uh, is projected late in the first round, maybe early second round on a lot of lists right now. So I guess, Russ, my first question is, why is he further down than some of these other cohorts of his so it's an interesting one because last year there was a lot of buzz about him uh on my most current list he's 19 so that means he can go anywhere from like that spot to like 24 25 so that does constitute as just about you know late first round um i don't think he lasts in the second round whoever's got him in the second round's got it wrong I, i i will say that but i think the issue here is just um, getting through the logjam of the spotlight of the other guys. I, I think 
teams have him ranked higher than pundits do. And, and I think they should. And I know he's going up on my list. I don't know to what degree. But every time I see him, he's always getting a breakaway or two. Every time I see him, he plays bigger than his five foot ten size. Every time I see him, he is making plays, like you said, in the offensive zone, smart plays. He's got a great wrist shot, which he could score from long distance. He's got a really good reach, and he's got terrific deeks. Like, he can get past you. I think you could talk about his defense needing help, and that's fine. I think you could talk about him needing to even get stronger, and that's fine. But the speed is there, and the talent is there, and he could play with top-line guys. And so... Is he a top liner in the NHL? I don't know, but I think there's a there's a long shot chance of that. I think maybe he's more like a second liner, but I think people have just not forgotten about him because everybody knows the name Isaac Howard for this draft. I think he's gotten lost in the shuffle, and I think that's something where as we get closer to the draft, I think pundits will rediscover him and put him higher, but I think teams know what, what he is, and... Even though he's a winger and you always want to value centers, there's not a ton of centers that are actually going to play center in the NHL from this draft. They may say center now, but I always go back to Travis Konechny, who was listed as a center in the draft, and I knew he would never play center. Now, you never know which one of these will make it at center, but there's going to be a fair amount that don't. So I don't think you devalue him because of the left-wing situation. I'm sure the size is part of this now because... I think everybody is realizing that, uh uh-oh, the league wants to get bigger again. But that still shouldn't take away a guy who has great speed and all this talent. So that's why I do rankings and not mock drafts. Because I think if a team falls in love with Isaac Howard, you could see him go in the top 15 picks. It would not shock me. And I wouldn't bat an eye if that happened. Yeah, that is so interesting to me. Because, again, you look at, you know, the guys who are – below him on that scoring list for the team Frankie Nazar you see Cutter Gautier who we've mm-hmm. talked about on mm-hmm. the show again Logan Cooley Rucker McGrody like all of these guys I've heard more and more and I see you know posts about articles about them and so to me this is a, a guy that you want to see if he's still on the board when you get a pick now We've talked about this before, because if you look at his projected, like, let's just say he's mid late first round, right? That's not where the Flyers are going to be in this draft, ostensibly. We've talked about the possibility of making a trade to move up in the draft to get a second pick or making a trade down in the draft to get additional picks lower in the draft, like pick up a second rounder, maybe an extra third rounder. And is he a guy that you think could fall to a position like that where the Flyers could take advantage of a deal? Yeah, I do. I mean, so let's say they do trade and they get around 15, 16, 17. Uh, He'd be there. Most likely he'd be there. And that's a heck of an offensive talent to get there now depending on where that next pick is in the second round, you know, who you're going to target there or what you're going to target there would be the uh, the key. At that point, if you got Howard in this spot, then maybe that's where you go get your defenseman because, again, don't ever think you have enough defensemen. You don't. You never have enough defensemen. I think we're learning that. If we haven't learned that, everybody listening to the show should learn that. You could never have enough young defensemen. You can't. That is true. So 
if that's where they go and they get a two for one and in this draft that could work out very well because honestly i love frank nazar and he's higher ranked because he's a center and maybe you could say he's a little bit more of a game breaker that's fine i'm not going to argue with any of that but other than that you could see points are pretty comparable between nazar and howard and i think if if i can foresee on a team where howard fits in where again if I'm putting him with a center that likes to feed, likes to play make a little bit, you know, you could put him, you know, at that point, you might be talking about Noah Cates, you, you know, right. you know, that's, that would work. So then if then you're, if you're looking, you know, for a defenseman, this draft has a lot of defensemen and a lot to, of different types to choose from. And that could be a good plan for the Flyers, honestly. Yeah, I really like that idea a lot. And and the more I think about it, the more I appreciate the idea of moving down in this draft to get some additional picks. Because I would much rather have a, a mid-late first rounder in this draft, which is deep. And like you said, has a ton of defensemen and yeah. get that second round pick and get another asset. Because yeah. I think this year and next year, missing that second rounder is... I think a real disadvantage for the Flyers. It's a disadvantage. And if I were in the front office, it would be a focus of mine to get that back for this draft. And if that's how I do it, then that's how I'm going to do it. But I'm not going to do it. You know, again, it's got to fit in for where it is on my board. But I think this could fit in where it might be on their board. And I think, I mean, I wouldn't say 100%, but I, I think it would be pretty... Uh, ridiculous if the Flyers wound up with the number one pick overall and didn't take Shane Wright. But uh, but trade, trading down from the number two spot doesn't seem ridiculous to me. But from the number one spot, it does. But, uh, you know, they're not likely to get either one of those. It's more likely going to be the five, six pick like we've been talking about. Right. That's where the odds are. But um, it's been a while since either the top pick or even the second pick has been traded. Like that doesn't happen very often. And you if you're if you're the team that's doing it there is a psychology here at work i know like you're like hey second is a bad place to be in this draft because you'd rather be third you'd rather let somebody else possibly make a mistake there or leave you something better than you thought would be there i get that but if you trade that pick and it doesn't work out for you with what you mm -hmm. traded for you will always be known as the team that traded that pick for slot in whatever big name you want in this draft sure. maybe logan cooley or whatever and that could be worse down the road but you know that's the risk right i mean there's always risk to all of this yes. but you know again i think we've been showing like isaac howard on this show you know examples of players that have really good upsides but just aren't as high in the rankings and are potentially worth trading down for and i think it's an important option that Flyers fans should make sure we understand is still on the table. Yeah, yeah. I think I think as a Flyers fan, you should have an open mind for things like that at this draft, just in case, because they're in a spot where they kind of need to get back a little bit more equity in this draft. All right. Well, our fun thing to wrap up the show is a little video that's Isaac Howard highlights from this season. Some really fun goals in this one. Uh, highly recommend you take a look. 
And uh, that'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We're going to recap tonight's game against the Rangers, and we're going to have a mailbag. And we are recording that in the morning. So make sure uh, that you get your questions in as early as possible today if you want them included in our mailbag for the week. And to do so, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.